Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, family. Welcome to Big Mama's House. We are so happy to be here on this Sunday. We're so glad to have the, the women rotated in, you know. Um, I love the new format that the People's Black Panther Party has. We have um, where we rotate. Tonight is myself. Next week will be the chairman. And the week after that will be the chief of staff, uh, Brother War. So I am super excited. We have some really important information to go over tonight. Um, I'm not going to hesitate to bring the, the other hosts in, the, the two big mamas of the party, we represent, and we are here to kind of fill in the gaps of uh, what's missing in our community. So let me see if I can get Mama Makita on the line. Love and light, family. Power to the people. All power to the people. Power to How the people. you doing? How are you? What? How are you? How are you? <laughs> you know, I'm doing well because God woke me up on the right side of my mind today. And I'm ever so thankful for that, you know, because I could have been looking at the other side of the grass, the brown side of the grass. And so every day that I get to wake up, I'm, I am ever so thankful. Um, we're here to Absolutely. do some serious talking, though, tonight. We're here to kind of get to the nitty-gritty of, some, of a heavy topic, uh, one that, that causes pause. But, you know, because we are the big mamas, we know – that is our responsibility to move forward, to to make sure we are educating the people and everything like that. So, um, since I'm going to let you open it up. Tell us about this, you know, the big bad wolf in the room, this domestic violence. Just what you said, it is that big bad wolf that's in the room. Unfortunately, yeah. a lot of people are in unhealthy situations, and yeah. they don't wish to categorize it as domestic violence because they think of just the physical component. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there are so many other levels. So you have from mm-hmm. financial abuse to sexual abuse to mental abuse to physical abuse to emotional abuse. There are so many other categories of domestic violence. And unfortunately, you have a lot of women that are going through that. And let me just make my little disclaimer because the majority of the cases that are reported are by women, then, yes, we'll use that pronoun a lot. However, we are fully aware that there are men that are assaulted on a daily basis by some of these women. Even now, they most so refer to it as intimate partner violence. Yeah. Because you have a lot of people who switch teams thinking everything is okay over there just to find out that the abuse is just as much in that department as it is over here. So there are other things yeah. that people need to be educated on, and they need to know what resources are there for them so that they don't fall into an unhealthy situation, whether it is a heterosexual relationship or a same-sex relationship. Because abuse and violence is just that. It's about control. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So it doesn't matter what type Absolutely. of relationship that you're in. If it's unhealthy, yeah. it's unhealthy. If it is I'm disrupting so how your household that. is going, if it is disrupting your child, the lives of your children, all this kind of wonderful stuff, it's an unhealthy situation. And at Big Mama's mm-hmm. house, we got to tell you how to fix that and let's get right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And I'm so glad that you mentioned um, even the the same-sex partnering and everything like that because you're correct. One one thing that I know about domestic violence, and I didn't know it when I was a kid, when I was young, I thought this was um, – I thought this was something only that weak women went through, you know, the kind of women that don't hit back and everything else. And I was um, extremely ignorant to it until uh, one of my uh, sorority sisters had a problem. And I was like, whoa, 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 you're one of the biggest loud mouths out here. What you mean you got a problem? And, um, you know, then I had to realize that uh, domestic abuse doesn't have an addiction. A domestic abuser doesn't necessarily have um, a stereotypical look. It doesn't have a stereotypical feel, you know, so it doesn't matter if we're in a same-sex relationship. If you can't control yourself, you just can't control yourself. It doesn't matter if, you know, you have college education or not. If you cannot control yourself, you just can't control yourself. Um and so it is one of those things that we have to be vigilant about. Uh, we have to know the signs so that we can be aware in our own relationships, but we also have to know the signs so we can be aware um, for those that need help. And, and that is uh, because Big Mom is about some solutions. She, she'll tell you how to fix it, okay? Uh, we have to go and talk about those solutions, and none of this is easy. None of this is pleasant. I don't want to go through this, okay? But I would, I, I wouldn't be a big mama if I ever turned a blind eye to a problem. You know, this is a problem in our community, uh, so we have to talk about this. We have to talk about it. Where does it start? What does it look like? Um, and, and and then we can get into how to leave and how to do that other stuff. But I think first we got to know how to identify it. I agree. I agree. Mhm. Mhm. Um. And, and because <laughs> because we're professionals, we're we're gonna we're gonna try to keep the the, the technical talk out. But really, uh, Mama Makita, how? What are some of the signs that a woman is that a woman or a person is in an abusive relationship? If there's a lot of self isolation. If the person that you would see who would normally take care of themselves physically would normally dress appropriately, all of a sudden everything has changed, um, you won't see them getting their hair done, you won't see any type of self-care and a lot of isolation. Wherein before, maybe they would reach out and call you every few days. It might be two or three weeks before you hear anything, and then the conversation can be extremely vague. And also you have these tiny humans that will tell. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you gotta pay attention to the children and to see if you go to hug them if they're jerking. If mm-hmm. they're being aggressive, mm-hmm. if their behaviors are changing around you. 
We have to mm-hmm. pay attention to all of those things. And, and all of those are tattletale. They tattletale. They Absolutely. really do. They really do. I remember um, one time I had pink eye, and it did not get better. It got worse, and my whole eye was swollen. And I had a woman um, slip me a card. She said, there's help for you. And got a card, and I'm like, oh, no, this is pink eye. And she's like, yeah, whatever you call it, uh, there's help for you. And I got the biggest giggle out of that because I'm like, I know this eye looks horrible, but good grief. But I was so happy that this woman, a stranger, I mean, and I had noticed her kind of following me around the store, and I was like, what in the world? But then when I saw what her intention was, I was like, okay, she was watching to see if I was there by myself. She was watching to see if I was, um, you know, doing any other sneaky behaviors, um, possibly taking food. I was in a grocery store. You know, um, I had my youngest, my oldest child was like two or three at the time. And so he was, um, you know, she was looking at him as well. And um, it was a whole shebang. But now, like I said, now that I know more, now that I'm a little older and have unfortunately experienced more of life, I know what she was doing. You know, she, she was, and she was doing all the right things as trying to help someone who is possibly in what they may think is a helpless situation. And that was really good that she did that for you because we have to be cautious because let's say you had someone that was following you or seeing if you were trying to talk to anyone else. So to be able to slip someone a card, I mean, I've had to discreetly give information to people as well. So I'm glad that she paid attention, even though it was really pink eye this time. That yes, was you, yes. you, you know. Yes, yes. It was, and it, and it made me aware of of how real this situation was because this woman, the look in her eyes was um, memorable. This was 18 years ago, and I can still remember this act of kindness that she was trying to give to me. Um, my mother worked at a uh, battered women's shelter. I think I had to be about five, maybe six. And um, like all workers, all people that help, that work with other people, she used to bring her work home. And I would wake up to families being in my house and um, families that looked very strange, families that acted strange, you know, children that were afraid to, to look at you in the eye. They always cut their head bow. Um, women that would have all these different color bruises on them. And, um, you know, my mother's house was one of those uh, safe houses where you could come and you could get away and, and you can get your head straight and you can get a better plan. But um, I remember, and I'm a grown woman, but I remember the looks on those faces. I remember the bruises. I remember why I remember wondering why the children never wanted to play with me and you know, why they were always very frightened and um almost scared to leave their mother's side. And so uh I knew even at that young age that something was wrong. 
I knew that something had happened. And I didn't know what, but I knew that this was not normal. And so, um, and if I, at five and six, can see that, as grown, we can identify that some of these behaviors have to be addressed. And, and, and you know, one thing, um, Mama Makita and I, we spoke for half a second earlier today. She was telling me, oh, yes, she, you know, has the statistics for those that die. And I was, and so she's like, oh, yeah, I got the stats for this, and I got the stats for that. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then she was like, yeah, the, the the murder rate. I said, what did you say? Did you say the M word? Tell, sure tell us about that. I mean, I was, I mean, if and I was walking and it made me stop because I'm like, people have to die from this. This isn't something that we could yeah. just get over and learn how to not do. And so, people have to die. That is what we would like to believe that people can learn effective ways to communicate and avoid yeah. it becoming this. Um, unfortunately, that's just not where we are. Um, most of you know I'm from Brooklyn. When I moved down here in 2003, South Carolina was like in the top three when it came to domestic violence. And what we were talking about earlier, now they're ranked number five since 2003, okay, they had number okay. five I, in the nation. I don't, yeah, I don't want to interrupt yeah. you, but you're saying number three, number five of the nation. That's number three in yeah. murders, y'all. She, she's not talking about, you yeah. know, number three in, in murder? Not reported what? cases. They're ranked number five right now. Cases. Yeah, for the number of women that were murdered by men. That's they are ranked number so five in the nation. And unfortunately, this particular state is usually, what, 1.5 to two times um, the national average when it comes to these type of cases. And we can look at all the different reasons. Um, a lot of issues happen in the more rural areas, lack of resources, um, okay. lack of constructive activities and things like that to do. And this is one of the things that drew me to the party because the goal is to help implement certain constructive activities within the community. People have to find um, constructive ways to handle some of the things that they have going on. Just like we've discussed in like previous shows and stuff, mental illness is real. And unfortunately, mm. there is a stigma when it comes to our communities, but the issue yeah. is still real. And a lot of times, you will have a lot of women who will blame their abusers' behaviors on some form of mental illness. Like, okay, so are they mm-hmm. working a full-time job? Yeah. Are, are they attending mm-hmm. this church or this mosque? Yeah. Do they act a donkey mm-hmm. in either place? Oh, no. Oh, so they wait and bring okay. that home to you. So it is yeah. not a mental illness. It is about control. And whatever area that they are not in control of, here they've decided to come home and try to control everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, are certain things a contributing factor? Absolutely. However, what we yeah. cannot do and we must stop doing is giving people an escape 
for these behaviors. Right. We need to right. recognize it for what it is. We need to call people to the carpet. Um, I have a cousin right now that's in jail for slicing his wife's throat, and I loved him. But guess what, player? I don't condone that. Mm-hmm. No. I don't condone no. it. No. 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 And this happened in no. front of the children. And when you yeah. have children, it's a different level. As much as I loved him, I loved them tiny humans. And yeah. I loved her too. So I'm going to pull, yeah. y'all, y'all do what y'all, I'm going to pull back because I'm not yeah. condoning this in any form of fashion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we have to start having more of a community voice. I know, um, you know, I, everyone knows I have two sons that I take their upbringing extremely seriously. They are, you know, the the beginning and the end of why I do so many things. And, you know, I they're in the age of the video. I explain to them, look, son, don't videotape nothing. We don't need no evidence. We need it to stop. And sometimes, you know, just being uh, an advocate for, the victim can make such a difference because if the abuser, most abusers have a cowardly function about them. I, I'm sorry, they do. Oh yeah. Um, you know that they are cowardly. They do not want to be recognized. They do not want people to see them. They do not want people to know that they are this kind of person, cowardly. And so. When you find a cowardly man that is putting his hands on a woman or a woman putting their hands on uh, the children or whatever, however this is working, all, sometimes a well-placed, hey, hey, cut that out, or, or, or just whatever intervention you can offer at that moment can save somebody's life. Mama Makita just gave us a statistics for murder. And today when she said the M word, I was like, hold on for a second now, sister, hold on. And um, it, it just really hit me like a ton of bricks that there are people that lose their life to this. There are people that are tortured. Um, you know, these are the people, you know, unfortunately that statistic is for the women that die. Um, that doesn't speak to anything about the countless Broken bones, black eyes, hospital visits, um, police funds, you know, the police coming back and forth to the house, um, the, the trauma and drama to the family. You know, this is not, this is why we as a community have to get involved because this is not just affecting that one man and that one woman. You know, this is not just affecting that one couple. This is an unfortunate epidemic in in our community. And one thing I did not know until maybe, what, five years ago, is that this happens even with young girls, young, as young as middle school. When they first start having, you know, their first quote-unquote relationship, there are young girls that have accepted that, you know, every now and again, I'm going to get hit. And I was like, how have you accepted that? How is this a part of your reality? You know, there there are, um, it's such an unfortunate epidemic to see how um, 
to see how a lot of people are educated about domestic violence. It's called groomed. When you are groomed, when someone has intentionally created an an environment for this abuse to occur and have attempted to normalize these behaviors, you have been groomed to experience this. And this is going on in our houses, family. You know, this is why a big mama talks exactly. about to talk about it. You got to talk about it. If you don't mind, I'd I like to share a little personal testimony. Um, one of the Please. reasons why I relocated was because I am a survivor of domestic violence. I get thanks. I was able to take my truckload of lemons and make some honey sweet lemonade since being here. But it was a struggle. It wasn't easy. I left 95% of my belongings, and I was prepared, well, preparing to move to another state. But things were going on, and I have two daughters. I couldn't have my girls growing up seeing that. Even though certain incidents occurred when they were outside of the household, and me being me, I'm straighten up the house, I'm a cook, I'm going to do this, so they won't know what happened. I had an incident where my daughter came to the room and put a knife under the shopping cart so that I could see and he couldn't see. I could not have my child become an accessory because I did not want to leave. Yeah. I had to take personal responsibility. Yeah. And, yeah, there were other people I could have reached out to, and I realized I was doing certain things that would be normal for the protocol of an escape plan. I had took mm-hmm. my um, safe box down to a neighbor's house that had, like, the ID information and all that kind of stuff, two bags of clothes down there. So I'm like, if I got to leave it, I got to leave it. I told another neighbor, just be mindful, watch out. So when I leave, you know, I didn't even care who went into the house or whatever, but I needed to get out as safely as possible. When you have children, the situation is bigger than you. Mm, mm, It's bigger mm. than you. And I can go through certain things, and I may ignore this or, okay, guess what, you're going to catch these bruises too, so I can do that. However, look at what could have happened. Mm-hmm. Just that quick, she felt the need to protect me. Right, right, right. And, and it happened. Nine, ten years old? Mm-hmm. Ten. Trying to protect me and her little sister. So if you are in a situation, get out. As long as you have mm-hmm. life. Everything else will work its way out. And there are people and there are resources available. That's why we have that National Domestic Violence Hotline that we mentioned before. And if you don't mind, I'm going to give the number again as soon as I get back to the paper. Um, (laughs) That is 1-800-799-7233. 7233. Now, that's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. If you are a male mm-hmm. that's going through something or 
uh, someone that's in the same sex relationship that's going through something, you can let them know and they will direct you to the appropriate agency in your community so that you can get the resources that you need. Because number one, mm-hmm. they need you to be safe. Once you're safe, right. then they'll make sure that you get whatever counseling services and whatever other resources that you need for survival. There are agencies out here. It's not an excuse. Some agencies, mm-hmm. I've seen some agencies put people on the bus to go to their family in another state because they knew they would be safe there. So it is about safety, not just your personal safety, but the safety for the tiny humans that are in the household as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want to give a website. You know, there is, is www.domesticshelters.org. Um, there's there's 65 shelters in Georgia alone, um, and when I say they do immediate help, that this is not a wait to the next time this individual decides to act a donkey. That means right now, get the help. Um, a lot of them are so they will pick you up. They keep it confidential. If it you know they help you with legally understanding what your rights are. Um, a lot of them are, you know, Spanish-speaking, so our brown brothers and sisters out there can get whatever assistance that they need. Um, you don't have to have anything. And, at you know, those people going through this type of situation, at this point, having your life is having everything. So, you know, I heard you, and, and you know, I can't even imagine. I know you. I know you to be a strong black woman. I know you to be one to handle business. I, I know you ain't no punk, you know what I'm saying? I know. And so to hear <laughs> that this situation, no, 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 we can be honest. Big Mama, she wheeled her a rolling pin. We know yeah, what I'm we got this. <laughs> you know, so I know you don't take no, you know, no smack, you know. So the idea that you had to go through um, a domestic violence situation is is startling and upsetting and um you know i'm I'm glad that you had the courage to leave and and that you left before things took as we now know fatal turns and I believe you that know. day it would have the day I actually left wow because when I woke up, I was like, well John, if this is my time, it's my time, but I'm gonna go out fighting. And I was—I wow. had a weapon as well. Mhm, mhm. And 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 then okay, how about this, family? Every situation doesn't end in a a fatal situation, but sometimes it will end in jail time. And I don't look good. I'm not okay. wearing. I'm not going. I'm not going. So you know, we we also have to take into consideration there are other things that can occur that are negative, okay? So, you know, one of the things that we that we know that's another epidemic in our community is we spend a lot of time in jail. I hate that. You know, we there's so many the disproportionate incarceration rate between African American at one time it was just men, but now it's men and women, um, is ridiculous. There's a black woman in Florida who was getting abused documented everything, back and forth to the hospital, to the police, whatever. She was in, the the husband was wailing on her. She had a gun in the basement. She ran to the basement, fired a warning shot, and I think she got like 15 years in jail or something. I'm like, for what? 
and of course reckless um, handling of the gun. I don't know if the gun was registered, whatever, whatever. So there are, you know, we're just talking now about those that end in uh, a, a mortality situation, but um, there are lots that end up that are contributing to the jail time that we're experiencing in our community. Um, some of these uh, mental health issues are, are because, you know, a domestic violence situation uh, may have triggered that, you know what I'm saying? You know, they, they may have uh, exactly. created the depression that we're going through. And I'm going to say this, the crushing depression, you know what I'm saying? And um, we had a show on depression last, I think it was last month. Last month we had a show on depression. If you didn't get to check out the first Big Mama's House, please take the time and check it out. Um, because here we go. We we spoke so in-depth about depression and how real and crippling it can be and, and how depression can create unhealthy, toxic, fatal situations in your life. And um, domestic violence is definitely one of those things that can contribute to depression and the deterioration well, of the capacity. Else. Sis, let me add Please. something else to that story because that didn't happen overnight. Um, mm. I was in a marriage for six months, and after one month of marriage, and that's usually how some abusers work, once you're married or once there's a pregnancy or once you have a new move, that's when things can change as far as the type mm. of control within the relationship. And it had me suicidal. Wow. My child walked in on because wow. I felt that as a mother, I wasn't setting the best example. I wasn't doing what I needed to do for them. And now I allowed someone in my space, in our safe space, that hurt me in front of them. So I also have a lot of women that come through my office because of suicide attempts. And it does lead back to the domestic abuse. Uh, and uh, most uh. of it is more so the emotional and the mental, because once the bruise is healed, you still have that stuff to deal with. Even when I relocated, I got hate mail one day. Every, everything negative you can possibly say about me was in one letter, and then the very next day, all the lovey-dovey stuff, and that's usually with the cycle of abuse, you know, I'm sorry, or I didn't mean this, or I didn't mean it like that, and that's wow. usually the honeymoon stage, because they want to show you mm. all the reasons why you love this person, why you're with this person, and then shortly thereafter, you're back to walking on eggshells. I had a weapon in every corner of my house. Whoa. No one needs to live like that. No, 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 that's not living. So if you're in a situation, please get out, male and female. That's, that's not living. That's not living. And, you know, for me, uh, one of my fears, fears, and I don't have many fears, because I, I, I call myself a pretty courageous black woman, okay? So I don't have many fears. One of my fears is that I would do something that would cause harm to one of my children and that I would have to look at it. 
I would have to look at a scar on a forehead. I would have to look at, you know, um, just whatever. I, I never wanted to cause harm and, and have to look in their eyes and know that I am the one, I'm the reason, I'm the cause. But when you stay in these domestic violence situations, you are running a risk of having your child either abused um, on a regular, like yourself, having your child harmed for them coming to your rescue. Because I know both of my boys would try to break down the brick wall to try to get to me. Um, You run a risk of putting them in harm's way by not leaving. Don't let your child have to be your savior. Don't hope and pray that if your child comes um, home from school, then maybe he'll stop or, or maybe, you know, my eye won't be falling out or, or maybe, or maybe, no, we have to control this. We owe it to them. I got boys. I can't have weapons in every corner of my house. Somebody's going to find it and use it. So we we have to make sure that we're not asking children to do more than what even God has set them up for. We have to allow our children to have a, a childhood. Be free. Laugh. Joke. You should not be afraid when daddy comes home. You, daddy coming home should not be a fearful thing. You know, something else we got to talk about, we're talking about this domestic violence. we got to talk about how drugs impact domestic violence as well. You know, we um, there's so many factors that go into this. All of these factors can be coming up. None of these factors may be coming up. But domestic violence is one of those things that if it is a problem, it's going to find a way to show up if it has not been solved. So I know, you know, I'm flashing to this picture of this alcoholic um, understanding to where the alcohol creates violence within someone. And, you know, they have to fight, they have to fight. And if the only person home to fight is the wife, then that's who I'm going to fight with. Um, or fight with the kids. Or fight. There, you know, AA is real. There is a whole organization dedicated just to stopping alcoholism. And um, but that alcoholism, I know, in any other, many other types of uh, drug abuse, contributes to uh, the domestic violence that's in our communities. And I have to say this because our communities suffer a lot. There are a lot of um, things that impact our communities. This is why Rinky Dink, South Carolina, is number five in the murder um, because, like you said, there aren't as many resources. Not that many people are going to come forward and get the counseling that they need, the help that they need. Um, there are other things that can cause depression, such as lack of job, um, lack of just lack, a lot of lack. And so, um, you know, we have to really, really take into consideration uh, how drugs impact violence in our community.
I agree with you on that. And for those of us that are fully aware, yes, we know that certain drugs were thrown into our communities for pure destruction. We are fully aware of that. At this point, we're looking for solutions. It's one thing if you don't know, but once you know, then you have a responsibility to do better. Absolutely. We can't go back and change what was done, but we can utilize our resources, utilize our knowledge, utilize our funds, and let's put it together and get what we need in the community. We know that certain people can care less whether or not we are successful, whatever you define success as. They could care less, but we have a choice. We have a choice whether or not we want to have healthier relationships, whether we want a healthier family life. We have a choice when it comes to all that. And sometimes it takes that apology for something that you did way back when, so now you can have a newer understanding and a healthier understanding. We have a choice. And once you decide what you want to do, then you need to look in that mirror and let's make it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, this is uh, uh, this is the People's Black Panther Party. Uh, we're doing radio. Uh, this big mama's house. This is us having a conversation with us, okay? Um, press 1 if you want to join the conversation, if you have questions, if you want to share, if you have, a, if you just need a moment, okay? Um, this is not just for the big mamas. We're not just talking to ourselves. We're talking to you. We're talking to the family. So press 1 if you'd like to join into the conversation. We know quite a few people listen to the show afterwards. That's fine, too. Understand that on the People's Black Panther Party Facebook page, the show is posted, okay? After the show, I always go back and I list the phone numbers that we're talking about that help, okay? Um, Mama Makita, if you can, right now, uh, can you give us that National Domestic Violence Hotline phone number again? Okay. I have it in the by now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I do. <laughs> it is one eight hundred one eight zero zero seven nine nine seven two three three. That is eight zero zero seven nine nine seven two three three. Mhm. Um, also, I have the the website domesticshelters dot org. That has a list of um, shelters that help in these types of situations. Also, there's a crisis line in Safe House of Central Georgia, and that number is uh, 478-745-9292. And what I find, what I know is with a lot of these organizations, even if you go look on the website, they say, if you must exit this site quickly, press here. So even if you're looking on how to do this research, you don't even have to worry about getting caught looking and researching. The information is there. Many times the people will, you know, you can call from a, a, a private number, anonymous number, or it won't show up on the caller ID. I mean, unfortunately, there are lives at stake. So we have to take things extremely seriously. And these professionals, the reason why we keep giving these numbers out is because these professionals are trained to uh, walk through situations 
They're trained how to talk, how not to talk. They are confidential. I mean, it is very difficult to, once you've gone into a program, for uh, your information to get found, okay? So, you know, the first step is reaching out and saying, I need some help. You know, uh, when we were speaking about domestic violence, uh, one of the things that they were saying uh, in, in the research is that domestic violence is not normal or okay. And I looked at this statement and I had to write it down because I'm like, this is so flippant basic. This, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. No, that's not true. Because sometimes, you know, our first teachers are our parents. So if you've seen it, if your dad was heavy-handed, didn't mind, part of the, the slap a tribe, whatever you want to call it. So if you've seen this growing up, what happens is that either you are, like, deathly allergic, like you would never, ever, 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 ever. There's a 50% chance, though, that more chance, an increase that you will because that's what you've learned is how to handle your problems. So, unfortunately, this abuse, this way of handling things through violence is a learned behavior. A lot of people learn this from their parents. A lot of women have learned how to be in this emotional, abusive relationship, and they've learned to numb themselves through the many different forms of self-medication So, because they're creating a normal when it comes to domestic violence. This stuff is not normal. It's not okay. And so as I'm reading this statement, I'm like, how is this news for anybody? But it absolutely is for quite a few bodies. Yes, because unfortunately it is a lot of learned behavior. So if this is what they saw, then this is what they carry into their reality. Um, I mm-hmm. wanted to share something with you about one of my favorite PSAs, public service announcements regarding domestic violence. It was a horrible mm-hmm. situation in the household. Of course, she knew if she called 911 and said she was on the phone with the police, it could have gotten worse. So she called and mm-hmm. ordered a pizza. And, mm-hmm. of course, the um, operator was like, well, you know you called. Uh-huh, yes, I do. I know exactly who I called, but I don't want this. I want this. And I'm like, yeah, you can bring it to this address and make mm-hmm. sure you don't have any pepperoni or something like that. So if our first responders, all those wonderful people, um, which I love working with them, we need just, you know, some more training and some more understanding between each other, that certain times we can't talk. We can't tell you that this cat just choked me right. because he's standing right. right here next to me with a knife now, you know. Right, right, right. But when they learn to ask the appropriate questions of whether or not you can talk, is the person there mm-hmm. with you? You can do a quick, uh-huh, yeah, absolutely, yes, come on over. I've had to call somebody mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. and they knew that it was mm-hmm. not the norm. Right. And because it wasn't right. the norm, I did get help. Right. 
So well, if you're um, in a situation, there are ways for you to get out yeah. and for you get to get assistance safely. Yeah. Yes. Um, I know me and uh, my mother have passwords. Me and my children have a different password. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and these are words that can be fit into a conversation just as easily. But when you hear the password, that means that there is danger. There is. And so the other person on the other other end can say, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just used the password. I'm aware. I'm aware. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Handling things on my end. You handle things on yours. You know, and so there are ways that, you know, these are just basic safety protocols, unfortunately. Unfortunately, there are some very mentally disturbed people. They don't look disturbed. They, You know, sometimes they look fine. You know what I'm saying? They don't look disturbed, but they are. Yes. And, and, and in that disturbance in, that's going on, that storm that's going on in their own mind, they're hurting and creating a lot of pain outside of themselves. You know, a lot, of, I mean, most abusers don't want to be abusers. When they apologize, they really do mean it. They really do mean it. You know, when they see the damage that is done, they, they you know, some of them can be so remorseful. I mean, it, it's sincere. At the same time, until they get professional help, family, please hear me when I say this, until they get professional help, they cannot stop. They cannot help themselves. A professional has to help them to see the actions. So we don't think of yourself, oh, you're going to try to love this out of him, okay? Don't do it, okay? You, you could be loving your life away. Absolutely. Mm-mm-mm. Sometimes you have to um, pray for people from a distance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to stay in that situation, especially when you know it's unhealthy. Yeah. When it's impeding your overall functioning and your quality of life, you have some decisions to make. Mm. You have some decisions mm-hmm. to make. And you can't help somebody else if you're not helping yourself. No. And helping no. yourself is for you to get to safety. Yeah. Physical, emotional, and mental safety. Yeah. I um I talk about the blast zone all the time. You know, there are people that are in these harmful, toxic situations, and they're sitting in the blast zone. They are still right there where all the drama is about to pop off, okay? They are so close to the problem that um, no one can even get in to fix the problem because you're sitting there enabling the problem. Um, you're standing there contributing um, co- um, codependent within the problem. So um, we we have yes. to get, like Mama Nikita has said it a couple of times, we have to get out. You know, one thing that she said, uh, Mama Nikita said, I want, I want you to go into a little bit is you said you had a plan. You said you had your uh, escape plan ready. Can you tell us what that is? 
I made sure that I had all of my documents at another location. I tell people if you don't have someone that you trust where you can leave it, get a P.O. box. I've had someone mm-hmm. mail their clothes to their P.O. box, like one outfit as a, at a time, because they knew that they couldn't take a whole lot out of the house at once. But mm-hmm. they made sure they had all of their personal documentation um, so that they have to get a license or whatever in another state. They had all those things together. Um, I took my safe box to my neighbor downstairs who was aware of what was going on upstairs. It was embarrassing, but I did not care. I'm like, please, just hold this box for me. And she did do that, and it just so happened she was a child survivor of domestic violence. And she Mm. was like, you have to get out. Whatever you need to leave here, I will hold it for you until you're safe. I started trying to find um, the local shelters. I called up to the school because he was not their biological father. I called up to the school to make sure that he could not take them off the premises because we were married. He was listed on documents. So I made sure they knew and that flagged it, flagged it so that he could not get them because it had gotten that serious to the point that I was fearful that he would pick them up from school and hurt them. He had already kicked my dog. I'm not even a dog lover. You know, I'm a dog tolerator. But the dog was around me more. He kicked the dog up into the ceiling. I didn't show any emotion. Mm-hmm. I just sat there like, yeah, okay. But inside, I'm like, oh, my goodness, he's going to kill his dog in front of me, and then he's going to do this. But I didn't let anything be shown outwardly. But I did have a plan. Yeah. And yeah, because I, I didn't want to alert my family at that time, I'm like, okay, then I have to really make these steps, and I have to be very sure. But then my plan and God's plan was not one in the same. Because mm-hmm. I had it all in no, a little neat box. I'm going to do boom, 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 and it's going to be boom, 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 boom. That's not what happened. Yeah. I woke up yeah. and all hell broke loose, and I almost went out the window, and that was it. Yeah. 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 No, I think if uh, your plan was going to work, you know, this wouldn't have came up in the first place. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I can't find a good reason for domestic violence. I can't find it. And I'm usually good. I am the silver lining queen. I can find good reasons for everything except for this. Except for this. Don't sit there and try to wait this out. Don't think that this is going to get better. Don't think you have to be more patient. You have to cook the food better. You got to keep the baby more quiet. You got to look. There's no way to get this done. At this point, your safety, you know, truly, your brain, your safety is everything. Without that, we don't have anything. Um, Mama Nikita, we do have a call that would like to join into the conversation. Um, love to hear from the caller. This is the People's Black Panther Party yeah. radio. So I'm going to go ahead and click over. Greetings. Welcome to the show. Hey, peace. It's Courtney. Peace. Hey, hey, how you doing? Courtney, how you doing? Good. Good. How are you? Courtney? <laughs> how are you? Woo. Look, you're talking about some hot stuff right here. You yes, are doing yes. it. 
I just wanted to say something real quickly. Um, at the beginning Please. of the of the conversation, Sister McKeever, um, she said something yes. that really uh, sparked something in myself because I went through a, a abusive relationship, and this was actually the last relationship that I was in. So, a lot of people, a lot of us females, we don't we always look at the or um, we always look at the physical aspect of it, but it can be more than physical. So yes. on my end, my relationship wasn't so much of a physical, um, a physically abusive relationship, but it was more of the verbal and the emotional um, and mental type of abuse type of thing, almost like with the mind game. Mm-hmm. And, the, um, and, you know, I failed to see the signs early because if you talk to your mother and your sister with such abusive language, I don't know what made me think that I was going to be any different, you know. So, mm. and it was it was always towards women that you know he kind of exhibited this anger towards. So you know the relationship went on and at first, you know how everything seems all good, and then they finally you finally strike a nerve. If you finally see um, where it's coming from, and even though I'm not from South Carolina, right. I'm in South Carolina, so I understand what she means about those statistics. Um, because I would bartend sometimes, and I've seen a guy slap and punch a girl in the face because she says that she doesn't want to dance with him. So, mm. you know, we see these things all the time in the area of South Carolina where I'm in. And, you know, I have a different mindset because I'm not from the actual city, but the people that was born and raised in this actual city that I'm in, they have a different mindset, and it's almost like the walking dead type of mentality. It's almost wow. like, you know, the women are okay with uh, not working, not doing anything, and staying up under the men. And then when the men lose their financial uh, placing, because this is uh, this is one of the poorest cities in South Carolina, even though it's, you know, it's, surrounded by black folks is just a lot of them don't want to do anything. I hate to say that because I love my people, but uh, they just don't want to do mm-hmm. anything. So when the men, sometimes when the men down here uh, feel a certain type of way, I've uh, we've seen murder. Last week, a guy came in because he lost his job and his wife, uh, I guess wife uh, kind of called him out on it and he tried to kill her. This was last weekend. So wow. she had uh, she had said time and time again they found the box um, under the bed where she kept all the transcripts of her calling 911 telling them that you know she, she feared for her life and he ended up just killing her one day so wow. this oh is a lot of what's happening and this of the last three case, big cases where I'm, where I'm at have been has, has ended in murder because of domestic violence situations um, but the the, the the scary thing about it down here is that we've had cops to say out their own mouth that they they could be worried about other things. So that's mm-hmm. uh, definitely the, the the scariest part here. But with myself, yeah. you know, a, a lot of fe- females don't know that there is a such thing as verbal abuse. I went through it so bad that it ended up turning me into a shell. And anybody who knows me knows I'm very uh, I have to be in creative mixes in order to expand my spirituality and have my oneness and the balance of God. So I have to have that creativity. And when it, I turned into a shell and felt like I didn't have a voice, 
I don't know what snapped in me, but I was just tired of it. And, and mm-hmm. you know, thank God that I had, had this peace of mind to be tired of it because I don't have any family down here. You know, all of my family is in Virginia. But I didn't want, you know, I didn't want it to go on around my son. And when it happened around my son, that was my breaking point. So when my son and his mm-hmm. dad went on a trip for a week, uh, something came over me and I ended up flipping. And I just, before I laid a hand on him, because I used to keep weapons in every corner of the room that he didn't know about. Oof. So before before Serious I business. ended up hurting him, I just mm-hmm. kicked him out and sent him back to his mom's house. And he used to, mm-hmm. it, didn't, it didn't stop after that because, like Sister Seven said, they need, they need professional help to realize that what yes, they're they doing do. is wrong because they don't think that it's wrong. They think that they're yeah. just voicing opinion. So after that, the week after that, it was my birthday. He popped up at my house. Like at 3 o'clock in the morning, I had, you know, mm. all my girls over from Virginia spent the night, and he didn't even knock on the on the front uh, door. He knocked on the back window where my room was at. You know, we didn't answer the door. We called the police. He left. Then a month later, mind you, no communication with him. He's blocked everywhere. He popped up at least five times last year at my house. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. before I had to get a restraining order. You know what I'm saying? Whoa. And then it didn't stop. It didn't stop there. You know, just uh, two weeks ago, he called. You know, he got another number called and was begging, saying, I need you. I realized what I did was wrong. And I just hung up and blocked him again because until they uh, – and I realized, you know, looking at his family, because it's really, really important for us to look and see where the other person comes from and how they was raised, because it plays a very important part of who they are. And when I did my research about his family, his daddy was like that. All the men in his family was like that. And it's it's like, it's almost like a generational curse. So, you know, I'm glad I got away from it. I'm glad it's no longer a part of me, because I realized a lot of women around where I live at, they're really not so lucky. Um, that, you know, oh and, my uh, God. and a lot, a lot of people are getting murdered. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you guys did um, speak some truth, and I hope somebody can maybe learn from my story because verbal abuse is just as bad, especially if you have a weak mindset. Yes, it is. You know, I'm a different person that I was two months ago, and that I was three months ago. So I'm not naive like I used to be, and my mindset is very strong. But imagine a weak-minded woman or man having to go through those mental types of games like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you say, you know, I'm glad I'm over and I'm out of it. You know what? He popped up two weeks ago. That ain't that far out. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, yeah, I'm sitting here. Not popping I'm up. cringing. I'm, I'm cringing, yeah. and I'm like, oh, my God. You know, it, it. and I'm so proud, little mama. I'm so proud that you went and got the restraining order. And some people be like, oh, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. It creates, it starts creating um, a legal document and, and starts creating a paper, paper trail. trail in which to help yourself mm-hmm. so that you can go and say, hey, look, this is really a problem. This mm-hmm. person has a problem and it's impacting me, you know, and so you have to mm-hmm. do that paperwork. Um, you know, yep. if you've got children, you go ahead and get the child support. Whatever you have to do, you go to the schools, like Sister Makita, Mom Makita said, go to the schools and get, um, yeah. make sure the paperwork and the schools know that this person is having a problem, you know. And yeah. um, that's all you have to say. 
Yeah, I went as far as to, like I said, we've been broken up for over two years now, but I went as, as far as to when I, re- when I relocated, I relocated. I didn't have any more bills. I didn't have any bills in my, like right now, I don't have any bills in my name as far as as far as my car payment and everything. But I had reached out to this program, and even like I said, even though I didn't get physically abused, I just reached out to this program over two years ago that basically helped wipe me off the face of the map of, of the earth, so to speak. So I wow. couldn't be tracked. So I couldn't do this and this, that, and the third. And you know they, you know, they, of course they're going to want to do the physical to make sure. I'm not having a, a hard time processing the fact that I might have been hit or something. No, that wasn't the case. Uh-huh. It just kept getting scary when he physically started popping his behind up because if I shoot yeah. him, then I'm going to go to jail. You get what I'm saying? Right. And I know how I am. You get what I'm saying? So, you know, you know, but he uh, called because I have a whole other phone. I used to have two phones. But as when he contacted my old phone, or whatever like that, I officially disconnected that phone, so I only have one phone now because I kept both phones. So I only have one phone now. And he was, it's, and I didn't know who, I didn't even know who the, who the crap it was. I forgot about his voice. I erased him out of my mind, you know what I'm saying? I didn't even know who it was. I said, who is this? He was like, please just take the restraining order. Click, didn't even allow him to get it out of his Wow. And I disabled the phone, you know, and I just got rid of the whole phone, told my mama to cut that phone line off and everything because they get into a place of loneliness and the in a place of being desperate right. because nobody wants to be with a person like that. that they'll start reaching out to all of their exes. Even one of his ex girlfriends told me that he was reaching out to her. So it's almost like a point of being desperate because you don't have that control anymore. It's almost like he has to have control over every situation. You know what I'm saying? Right. But me going right. through what I go through allowed me to see the signs of some of my homegirls, and I'll tell them. I said, look, don't go mm-hmm. through what I went through. I, I turned into a shell for almost two years. I feel like I didn't have a voice. You know, I stopped hanging with my friends. Y'all didn't see me anymore, and I lost disconnection with source, and that wasn't cool. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I said, don't go through what I went through, so I'm able to help them too, you know? So I'm just, like I said, I'm just glad that. Being that I'm by myself, you know, I didn't have any family Uh down here at this time, I was able to move forward because a lot of folks in this area isn't fortunate enough to do so. Uh You are speaking some truth. I'm so glad that you called in and shared because this is really a problem, and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. So, sister, thank you so much for calling in. A baby. How old are you? I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, How old are you? 29. That's the age I had to restart to. And some people are scared mm-hmm. to restart, especially when they have children and they started to mm-hmm. establish themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. But excuse me, to hell with that, your life means more. So I'm glad mm-hmm. you got out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was mm-hmm. going through that at the age of 20. 27, 28, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and my baby boy, you know, me and his father had just broken up like three years before that. So I really feel like, okay. I, um, even though I feel like it was a test, like that, I feel like this recent time and him pop, not popping up in person because he has no idea. He think I'm probably back in Virginia or something. But, you know, mm-hmm. he popped up, you know, on the phone or whatever like that. I feel like that was a test mm-hmm. to see where I was at mentally. And I didn't even allow him to get it mm-hmm. out of his mouth, you know, hang up. Disconnect the phone, throw it away, do whatever. I'm, I got two phones. That's right. I'm, I'll just do with this one. You know what I'm saying? 
And, you know, if I, I, like I said, if I had the mentality, you know, I honestly felt like I had to learn how to be okay with being alone because my spiritual walk Mm. in my past, a lot of the times I'm alone. And a lot of us being that we're wired emotionally, some females, we, we don't have the power enough to put logic and emotion, put barriers in between logic and emotion. And my emotion would mm-hmm. allow me to keep going back to somebody that wasn't good for me. So I'm glad mm-hmm. now I'm able to distinguish the difference, you know, to be able to move forward because I feel like that's a a, a problem or a trait with a lot of us, um, period. Yeah. Because we don't, we get turn we turn a blind eye to it and we don't want to uh, go through it um, or even address it to move forward. So. You know, yeah. I was young. Yeah, I'm, I still am young, you know, but mm-hmm. I was young mm-hmm. going through it. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. you know, I was scared to tell my father because if I told my father, my father probably would have killed him. And I didn't want my, my mm-hmm. daddy to be in jail. I, I was raised by a lot of men. Me and my sister um, and my big cousin, we, we are the only girl grandchildren on that side of the family right now. They just keep popping out boys. And I'm 29. So that tells you how many men is on my daddy's side of the family, you know. And, um, you know, for my cousin uh, to grab the phone one day, I'm watching my grandmother get buried, and he's fussing at me for not answering the phone. And for my cousin to grab the phone and say, you don't have to be in Virginia to not get touched, I said, I don't want to put my family through this. Because my family, you know, I don't want them to catch charges behind me. So, you know, I had to end it. Right. And and that's so important and and something that we have to talk about. And we said earlier, Domestic abuse does not just impact that man and that woman. It doesn't just impact that couple. It impacts everyone around them, the community, you know. And so we have, you're absolutely correct when it comes to not, and then I don't, you know, I don't believe on black on black violence. I really don't. But I know that once we've gotten to this point, we have to go. And, And one thing I want to say, you know, before I let you go is that I applaud you and standing up for your mental safety and your mental peace. You know, you don't have to be getting actually physically touched for it to be abused and for it to be detrimental. You know, we don't have to be run through the ringer for it to be bad for us. All it has to do is not be good for you, you know. So we don't have to justify our pain, okay, if the situation yeah. has become unhealthy for you, that's all we need to know. Boom, just got to go. Exactly. It has to end. Yeah. It has to end. And, and you know, like I said, it, it's unbelievable to me that someone so young has gone through this, is still going through this. It's unbelievable to me because I'm like, you should be, you know, 29, that's the highlight. You know, that's the highlight of your life run, travel, yeah. experience, and everything else like that. Right. And the idea that your spirit, your your very spirit, was under attack like that is it, just maddening. But I'm so glad that you spoke because someone needed to hear that you can get over this. You know, someone needed to yeah. hear that you don't have to be under the gun like this. You know what I'm saying? That emotional abuse is just as damaging as physical abuse and it can have just as many scars. Yeah. Say it again. I say this before I go through. Um, 
I it, the emotional and verbal abuse started to take a you know take control of me physically. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you see you see me in yeah. person or whatever. I'm always glowing because yeah. I'm just a happy person. You know what I'm saying? And um, when my friend saw me one day and she said, Courtney, what's going on with you? I thought mm-hmm. I was okay. I thought I was playing it off all right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Was, I was like, well, what was like because you letting yourself go. Like, it's time for you to get out that relationship. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And it was crazy wow. because we didn't even know until we talked that she was dating his first cousin. And he was the same way. And she was ready to go, too. So we both went and filed restraining orders together and got the hell on through. And, and you know, it ended up being a roommate. So. You know what I'm saying? It, Amen. It takes a toll on your physical appearance, too, and it's good to have people mm-hmm. around you that can tell you the truth and be like, you letting yourself mm-hmm. go. Well, you know, first thing that abusers like to do is they like to isolate. You know, they want you uh-huh. to be alone. They don't want you to call your mama. They don't want you to be in contact with anyone who really knows you and can tell if something is off or wrong. And so they're going to try to isolate you and pull you to the side and get you to let go of your friends because a real friend is going to say, yo, there's something wrong here. There's something more yep. going on here, you know. And, yep. and when we have to listen. When your mama's saying something's wrong, when your girlfriend's saying something's wrong, you, you got to stop and think, wait a minute, wait a minute. All these people ain't against me, okay. All these yep. people ain't jealous, okay. There's something <laughs> wrong. And I gotta address it. It's time to start looking at it yep. honestly and, and, and saying there is something wrong. Yeah. Mm. I'm so glad yep. that you called because I know that in this phone, this uh, I love this radio program because it has a very wide reach. There are a lot of people who listen, and somebody needed to hear these testimonies that we've heard just on this line today, and and. Difficult to hear is difficult for me to hear. I know what you mean by if you had told your daddy he would have handled it, I would have tried to handle it, you know, because I, I don't play the radio. And so it's so hard to hear that, you know, women I love, women I care about have to go through these types of things. You know, it moves me to tears sometimes just knowing yeah. that there is there's someone in pain and, um, and confused and feeling desperate and lonely and not knowing where to turn, that hurts me to my very core. So this is why we keep giving out these phone numbers. This is why afterwards we want to list the phone numbers under the program. And this is why, you know, your information was so important. So people can know, do not give in. Even if it may seem easy, I'm sure there was a time where you were like, it's easier not to fight. It's easy just to let them say whatever he wants to say. Yeah. It, no. Yeah. Your spirit, your spirit does not think it's easier. Your spirit is fighting and crying and, and really going through all the changes that it's going through. So we have to say, look, you know, we have to fight on, fight for ourselves and fight for our spirit, you know. So, amen. I, I appreciate the phone calls. I really, really do. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Definitely welcome. That was so needed. It was so needed. You yeah. know, our, um, our our young people, like I said, I can't believe how young people are experiencing this level of drama and trauma. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a true sickness. It is a true sickness, and we've got to do better. Um, again, like we were saying, the first teachers our children have are us. And uh, like she said, until her child had to witness some of this, you know, she was just going to try to fake it, fake it till you make it, you know. It'll get better later. It'll do this. It just, when that baby saw it, she, uh-uh, this has to change. If, if our children don't see us stand up for ourselves, how are they going to learn how to stand up for themselves? And this is for our boys and our girls. Please trust and believe. Exactly. Both of them need to see the stand-ups. You know, even before getting ready for this radio program, I was like, up, oh, I, I got two boys. And I got two boys in the house. I got one out the house. And I said, oh, we need to have a combo. We need to know about being in control of ourselves. We have to know about when we got to walk away. And when you can't, then we have a bigger problem. So, um, you know, take all of this stuff personally in your household. Don't think that, you know, you got to wait. You know, this, this is not just for seminars, Okay. This is for your house. If if there's a man, a male, in the sound of your voice tomorrow, make sure you have this conversation and you explain to them, look, I don't like this. You know, this is not good. It's not condonable. This needs to be addressed. I remember, you know, back in my mother's day growing up under uh, the UNIA, within the organization was an organization. It was a group of babas and it was a group of mamas that when there were community problems, they would get together and solve them. So, you know, when sister so-and-so had a problem with her husband, all the sisters got together, they informed the brothers, and the brothers would go have a quote-unquote talk with him, okay? It was not allowed. It wasn't condoned. We not still going to be friends if you're going home beating on your wife. And I'm going to go and check on her. I'm, I'm going to eyeball it. Hey, sister so-and-so, sister Zakia, you know, what, what? how you doing? Yeah, I ain't seen you at the meetings lately. What's going on? You know, back in the day, it wasn't a, a hands-off. It wasn't, oh, I don't want to be involved. We absolutely were involved in each other's houses, in each other's marriages, whatever. We didn't let things go. Because we were the authorities in our own houses. And we have to get back to that. This is why Big Mama's House is on the air right now. Because we have to get back to the understanding that no one can run our houses better than we can. And we have to get back to the point where we're holding people accountable for their actions, okay? You can't be friends with no woman abuser and be my man, plain and simple. I believe in the ratio between rewards, punishments, and cookies. You know what I'm saying? You got to get your cookie ratio yes. right. You know what I'm saying? Excuse me, Mama. I'm sorry about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> no. But it's the truth. That's Big Mama House. to give it to you raw. It is what it is. 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 And when I, you and know when what? I, I moved down you, here. Oh, go ahead. No, no, please, go ahead. We, we need to know. Uh, I wanted to share with you, when I moved down here 
2003, you got more jail time for cockfighting yes. than abusing your spouse. Yes, unfortunately. Cockfighting. Yes. We get you Dog more jail fighting. time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Things yes. have since changed, and um, I just wanted to share some of the information because a lot of times people, well, it, it just, it was just a little misunderstanding. Oh, it got out of control. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to drop yeah. the charges in South Carolina, baby. You can't do that. Mm-mm. Amen. They will. You will may make the case a little more difficult if you choose not to testify. But once law enforcement is involved, they're going to go ahead and, and pursue whatever charges. So if it's a first offense, you can get up to thirty mm-hmm. days. And up to a thousand dollars worth of fines. If it's a second offense, mm. it's thirty days to one year. Mm-hmm. And your fines range from twenty five hundred dollars to five thousand. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's mm-hmm. a third offense, it's no longer a misdemeanor like the first two. It is now a felony. So you can end up Ooh. with one to ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and have a to. lot of the abusers, it is not their first time. The worst no. time, no, so definitely no. not the first time. Even in my situation, when I went in one of those incidents and said something to his family, I found out why he had no contact with the other boys mm-hmm. because he had assaulted the mom. Mhm, mhm. And yeah. then, if you listen long enough, because sometimes people think you don't understand their native tongue, but I did. You listen long uh-huh. enough, they came out of an abusive household. But because the father had just transitioned, um, no one wanted to speak ill of the day. Now, if you were a buttwater, you're right. just a buttwater. It is what it is, you know. But we have a choice now. When you know, you do better. So when that clicked in that this was not the first time for me, this wasn't his mm-hmm. first relationship where he was abusive, oh, sister, you getting out one way or the other. So it wasn't about Absolutely. if I should leave. It was just more when. Because sometimes you do have to ease your hand out of the lion's mouth because that is the most dangerous time to leave an abusive situation. Um, that is the time when things can get the most dangerous when you're leaving. Right. So right. you need right. to have your support system. You need to call people. Sometimes he don't need to know every friend that you have. You have to have that homegirl who will just pop up from out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody mm-hmm. don't need like every said. friend, every phone number. Uh-uh. Uh, I had a situation ready. once, and I called someone from out the blue. But I did my checking with them, you know. But when uh-huh. I called and uh-huh. I had that situation, and she knew it was just that serious because I would not have called, she popped up. Uh-huh. And she got me to safety. And that's uh-huh. what a lot of people need to understand. It's about safety. It's about your safety. Then, it's about the safety of any tiny humans in your household. And, you know, I, I'm really not trying to go to jail. Really not. I don't think that would be cool. But if I'm you sure don't make not. the appropriate steps, yeah. it could get to that point where it's a choice between you and that other person. Absolutely. And you can't end up behind bars. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why not make the choice now to make the necessary steps and get yourself somewhere safe? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and you owe it to yourself. You owe it to, you know, I'm a spiritualist. You owe it to your ancestors. You owe it to, you know, children. It's like the past, present, and the future. All, everybody, every ounce of you deserve to not have to suffer like this. And then what you'd be surprised is that a lot of people will be supportive of you trying to leave. You know what I'm saying? Don't think that people will be like, oh, well, I don't want to get involved. Mm-mm. There are men and women that will put themselves, I've seen it, I've witnessed it, will put themselves almost in direct harm way to protect you, to give you just enough time to get out. You know, there, there is, um, when it comes to battered women, there's, there's an underground railroad, if you might, you know, of uh, there's a series of yes, detectors along the way that will make sure you can get to safety. They're, they do not play that. So don't think that you have to suffer not one more day. You can make a decision to be out of there um, and go and get the help. And, oh, oh he gets me to go to my mom's house. Well, don't go to your mom's house. You know what I'm saying? I mean, no one wants to go to a shelter, but also no one wants to make the mistake of staying in that domestic violent relationship one day too late. Okay? So, you know, it's it's not about the ultimate comfort. It's about safety. It's about getting out. It's about getting to a safe distance so that you can begin to think rationally. It's not always about the, the physical violence. I know many assistants and brothers that are in emotionally abusive relationships. And I'll say, you know, this this is this is more than, you know, they're a little funny. You know, this is more than they're demanding. This is more than, you know, they're overbearing. This is abuse. This is illegal. You know, this is stifling you. You know, um, and, and you, once you're in a situation, may not realize how bad it's gotten, but I can assure you, someone close to you has said, this, has said these words, this is too much. You know, the little mama came on the line and was like, I couldn't sit and be at a funeral Without this person having a fit, no, that's too much. That's too much. Um, Mama Makita, we are unbelievable, but we are winding down um, this very important topic. I want to thank you for coming on the line and sharing, you know, hosting with me. That That's always a wonderful thing. But this was really, really personal for you. Um, I, I really want to yes, thank man. you for... Uh, being so transparent, you know, in, in the middle of your bravery and your survival and everything else like that, you know, we, we said some words today. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah, I want to thank you for your transparency because some people, it gets so dark, you know, you don't think there's a way out. And... um you know, just being able to come on and share that hope there is a way out, there are options. That that's it was so important and so personal. I really just wanna personally thank you for sharing 
um, in, in allowing yourself to be uh, used in such a way to where someone else may in turn follow your steps and, and get their own self to a safe place. Your mother, welcome. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. It is a topic mm-hmm. that I'm very passionate about. So I'll tell people in a minute, mm-hmm. I work with survivors and potential survivors. We're not going to play the mm-hmm. victim role. We, we're going to tighten up and we're going to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Because we have a choice. Mm-hmm. We have a choice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes you Absolutely. just got to get out the way because some people, if they need to run into that brick wall, let them run into that brick wall. Okay. Let them. Let them. Okay. Because these these people, these family members that you have, are there to love and protect on you. That's and you right. may you may have that elder that can sit down and have a conversation, and we can have an understanding, and everything will be a okay. Because a conversation between two men is just different. Oh God, it, it's so different, brother. Than a couple, brother. It's a different understanding, brother. and sometimes we got to stay brother. out the way of that because. People need to be trained, and that's a, a part of what we're lacking. You know, some of that Brother, etiquette has to be properly yes. passed down. They don't know how important their role in domestic violence is. They don't mm-hmm. know. If every man right now made a decision, number one, I'm not going to abuse anyone, wife, girlfriend, Chick off the street, I don't care. And then turned around and said, I'm not going to allow anyone who I call a friend to do that. This would get wiped off real quick and easy. There was a time yeah. where men would do that, where they would not associate with an abuser because the stigmatism that came with them, that was considered lowly. That was considered, you know, under us. You know, that, you know, back in the day, that just was what you do. They send you one. The men would get together. You'd have a conversation, and the man would be leaving town. You know, uh, at least that's what they told mm-hmm. us that happened to him. <laughs> that's what they told yeah. us that would happen to him. But it wasn't allowed. It just wasn't allowed. Um, men treated girls whose father was in their life differently because he knew that if she went and talked to her father. He may be looking down the wrong end of a shotgun. You know what I'm saying? So the more that the men get involved, the less that this will be really be a problem because a man is going to respond to a man in a different kind of way. And so, you know, brothers, I cannot stress enough to you how important it is that you also see this as a problem and that you really put some parameters in place for you and for your friends that you are not going to allow these types of situations to happen in your apartment building, in your crew, and just anywhere around you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying go on no superhero walk and look for no trouble, but usually trouble ain't that hard to find, you know. So just work on controlling you and your environment. This is not going to be the same problem. I trust me, it won't. Absolutely it will not. 
So I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Big Mama's House. We had a wonderful program. Um, We do this. We rotate, you know, within the party, the different party members. We rotate uh, conversations, different types of programs that come on. Next week is going to be our chairman. He always brings the heat with political education. And we get the ball moving. But I really would like everyone take a minute and speak to someone about domestic violence and see how we can be helpful within our community to stop this epidemic. And those phone numbers will be listed on the Facebook page this evening. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks to my host. Thanks to my caller. And I appreciate everyone's time. Peace. Power to the people. All power to the people. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.